This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Hey, greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man, Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. And always tell that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN radio. Brother Douglas, I ran into a friend, a friend of yours last night in Albany, New York. No. Yes, I'm up doing Coaches versus Cancer. It's a wonderful event each and every year. They do it in the Capital District. Last night they raised over three hundred thousand dollars in terms of cancer research. They always they always deliver the goods. Had a chance to present my man Ed Cooley, now the coach at Georgetown. It was great to have a chance to reconnect with him. Although he said, "I don't see your idiot behind. Where's your wife Denise? That's who I want to see." And he was more interested in seeing my wife Denise than seeing me. But Carmen Massiarello is the head coach of Siena, and he loves the show. He said, "Big fan of the show so far." He goes, "By the way, it's a Falcons fan. I'm glad you got Harry Douglas on the show." I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! You grew up in the Capital District." How are you an Atlanta Falcons fan? And he said, I was a Dion fan, Andre Bad Moon Rising, Jerry Glanville. And he said, I remember when Harry does with the Atlanta Falcons with all those dudes doing their thing. So he's a big fan of the show. But I think my man, Carmen Massiarella, who I've known for about 20 years, is more of a fan of you than someone he's known for over 20 years when it comes to me. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Coach. I really appreciate that, baby. Let the good times roll. Let the good times roll. But I do believe an actual Falcons fan was in the Capital District last night and it's somebody that I've known for over 20 years. And I know he's very, very, very happy right now. The Falcons are 2-0. A lot of people can't believe it. I definitely believe it, and I've mm-hmm. known it. I knew it was going to happen. You, you did, know did, how did. I feel, Sh- Shannon and, and Freddie and oh, also Devin Kane. Um, Everyone else in company, y'all know how I feel about ATL teams, man. I grew up here. Uh, this is my city, and I love everything that has to do with sports. Okay, well, Carmen Massiarello, head coach of the college, big fan of Freddie and Harry, but more a fan of Harry Douglas than Freddie Coleman as far <laughs> as that goes. So we got plenty to get to when it comes to the NFL Week 2, all being said and done, and there are plenty of things out that we got to discuss, including two things part of. The main thing, the main thing. 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 The main thing with Freddie and Harry. I wonder how much pressure is on two specific quarterbacks going into week three. One early, one late. We'll talk about the early quarterback, Daniel Jones, in about 10 minutes. With Saquon Barkley more than likely out with an ankle sprain. They call it an ordinary ankle sprain. I guess ordinary to them because they don't have an ankle sprain. Either way, he's not going to be there when they play Thursday night versus San Francisco. But then you got Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. That dashly injury that happened in Nick Chubb last night that lost 26-22 to to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He injured his knee in the second quarter, and don't go see the video unless you're a sadist like certain people that we know in this program. His legs bent awkwardly underneath him while being tackled. Nick Chubb was taken to a local hospital in Pittsburgh as a precaution. He returned to Cleveland ahead of the team. That's according to his head coach, Kevin Stefanski. So Deshaun Watson, what now for you and the Browns without Nick Chubb? You know, and I know he don't have the C on his on his jersey, but, you know, he, he's a captain. He's a, he's a leader. He's the definition of this, of this team, of this city, of this organization, and um, we got a lot of, we got some holes to fill for him. Um, but I think Jerome and those guys are gonna, you know, step up and, you know, take the challenge. And um, you know, we gotta, you gotta really, you know, bring along, not just from the running back position, but my position as a leader, as a quarterback, and um, just as a whole, as a team. You know, we got a, a lot of. Holes to fill, you know, while he's while he's away. So, um, I mean, it's even tough to even speak on it. You know, I just want to just keep praying for him and his family, and um, just hopefully he, you know, we get the best outcome for him. Harry, the words of Deshaun Watson, Browns quarterback, going forward without Nick Chubb. 
Um, it's heartbreaking, number one, because what Nick Chubb means not only to the Cleveland Browns, but the National Football League. And that injury last night, Freddie, I seen it once, and I don't ever want to see it again. I didn't see it. You guys were texting on our text chain. I said, nope, I'm good. Uh, f- from a person who's lived that life and been through it like Nick Chubb has been through it, I don't wish it on my worst enemy. And I pray extensively last night for him and his family. The The positive in it, though, is that he has overcome this once. Mm-hmm. So I believe he will do it again. Okay. And he will be back on the football field playing at a high level. What was it now, like for you dealing with that, by the way? Man, it, it was crushing because it, immediately when it happened, and mine happened in training camp, a DB hit me in my chest as I was planting like 15 yards down the field. And I felt one pop and then another pop. Ooh. And instantly I had like this burning sensation in my knee. So I got up and tried to walk and immediately fell back down. So I knew instantly something was wrong. Wow. But you don't believe it until you actually get the confirmation from the MRI and the x-rays. And I had an ACL, MCL, meniscus tear, and a bone fracture all in one place. So when, when I see things like this happen to players who are currently playing, I think back to those moments. I think back to, you know, the adversity. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you this, a- a- athletes are built differently, man. They're built differently, and they're also built to be able to, you know, deal with certain things that not every everyday people would be able to deal with and, right. and take on. So that's why I believe Nick Chubb, because of his mindset and being able to see himself get through it once already, he already knows what that's like. And, and I know a couple of people, Thomas Davis, who played extensively for the Carolina Panthers, uh, multiple ACL injuries. Brian Finneran, who was my mentor with the Atlanta Falcons wide receiver, multiple ACL injuries and knee injuries and surgeries. Yeah. So I know multiple people who who, who has been through this uh, not only once but multiple times and their mindset and their mental, and I'm pretty sure Nick Chubb is the same way. So I wish nothing but the best for him moving forward. Now, as far as Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. it's a lot more pressure on him now. Mm-hmm. Do I believe in Jerome Ford? Yes, I do. Covered him at, in, in, the college, in the college football ranks at Cincinnati, and he did some tremendous things and he won at that collegiate level also when you look at a guy in Elijah Moore who dabbled around some running back position when he was at Ole Miss and then he did a little bit last night and a guy that could be a tweener also think about potentially people who they could bring in you yeah. think of Kareem Hunt who was once with this football team and also Cam Akers who's on the trade block right now and the Los Angeles Rams are trying to figure out what they're going to do with him so there's a couple of ways that you can go, but I believe in Jerome Ford. I don't think he's going to be Nick. Well, say he won't be Nick Chubb because right. you don't find many people like that. Nick Chubb, in my opinion, is a top two, top three running back in the National Football League. No doubt. But now there's more pressure on Deshaun Watson. And when you look, when, when you when you watch that game last night, and you said to yourself, the Pittsburgh Steelers had 255 total yards of offense, and the Cleveland Browns had 400. You say to yourself, my goodness, then how did the Steelers win? And then you look at the plays in 81 for Cleveland yep. and 53 for Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You ask yourself, how does how do Pittsburgh mm-hmm. win this game? Yeah, but without, when you look at yeah, yeah when without, you look at the quarterback position, exactly. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, well, here's something else to that. By the Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Let us know, is Deshaun Watson enough right now that he can carry the Cleveland Browns without Nick Chubb? Let us know, Triple H say ESPN, 888-729-3776. We know about Deshaun Watson from before, but talking about Deshaun Watson now, is he enough without Nick Chubb that he can carry the Cleveland Browns and be that dude that we saw at the Houston Texans? Let us know at 888-729-3776. I'll ask Harry that exact question in about a couple of minutes. The way you win a football game like that if you're Pittsburgh, 
without running one single play in the red zone. They won this game 26 to 22. They didn't run one offensive play in the in the red zone. But when you have two defensive touchdowns, Highsmith got the first one off the tip, and then he goes for the touchdown, and then he forced the fumble at the other end of it. T.J. Watt scoops and scores and runs in the end zone. So Pittsburgh was, let's be honest, they were lucky to win that game last night. Steelers fans, you can say whatever you want. Your team should be on to right now. But they're not. They're one and one because that luck resided on the side of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And as much as we can put on Deshaun Watson, $230 million in guaranteed money will add that extra pressure. When it comes to it, I get it. Although I'll never forget, Harry, when that contract was signed, me and Ian Fitzsimmons are working together, and Ian said, if I'm the NFL, I look at Cleveland Browns, y'all can go to football hell for giving that guy that kind of contract. You're but basically, that's what a lot of them probably said, a lot of owners. Yeah, a lot of owners completely said, so y'all guys can go to football hell because they knew exactly what that was going to do. But now here we are with Deshaun Watson. It's not about the money to me. It's not about the guaranteed money. It's not about anything else. What can he do to be that dude? that we saw the Houston Texans because more than ever before, sooner than later, now they need that when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. And I'll tell you, Freddie, what he can't do is what we seen last night. Fourth and one, you have an opportunity to convert, but you fumble the football after picking it up, Absolutely. so now the ball goes to Pittsburgh. Right, the first play of the game, mis- miscommunication between you and a tight end ends up in a pick six, right? And I understand the, 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 the offensive line um, have to do their job in black, uh, blocking pass protection, but also have two hands on the football in the pocket. And maybe you don't have that scoop and score by T.J. Watt. So those three, three plays right there. But he's going to have to take his game to another level. The Cleveland Browns were the number one rushing team in the National Football League. But, Freddie, when I look at their next three games against the Tennessee Titans, the Baltimore Ravens, and the San Francisco 49ers, three teams that we know bring that physicality just like they do. Yeah. Well, all three of those teams I just mentioned are top six and stopping the run. Okay. So now you're looking at Deshaun Watson. Okay, you have to be the chess piece in all those matchups, right? You have to be better than Ryan Tannehill. You have to be better than Brock Purdy. You have to try to be better than Lamar Jackson. Don't think it's going to happen. Well, how but does he do that? Well, how does he do that then based on what you know, what you've seen? How, how can he do that? That's what I want to know as a guy who played in the NFL. Well, number one, he, he I think accuracy and – understanding but here i'm gonna take you back to a conversation i had before the season start Mm -hmm. and a lot of people got on me about it saying that i don't think deshaun watson would be the 2020 deshaun watson this year and a lot of people were yelling at me talking about whether he's getting paid that way Mm -hmm. that's not how the game of football works that's not how life works this man was off from football what almost two years freddie that's true give or take a a game or two that's what i'm saying and i understand he had six games last year but that's not the way things work when you are away from the game for an extensive period of time like that, it's going to take time. But the bad part about it is that people don't want to hear that because of the $230 million guaranteed and what we want seeing him as in 2020, in which he was the best quarterback in the National Football League. Dana, Virginia, thanks for calling Freddie and Harry at 888-729-3776. Dana, does Deshaun Watson have enough in him now to be that dude again with Nick Chubb out of the Browns lineup for the rest of the season? I think it's going to be real hard for Deshaun Watson to do that. Um, Herb brought up a good point. I never played in the NFL, but I kind of think it would be hard coming back from after um, how long he been out in the little bit he played last year. But I say this too, though. He had this, um, he had that boy um, DeAndre Hopkins when he was in Houston before mm-hmm. he left. Mm-hmm. What top receiver do he have in Cleveland now even compared to a DeAndre Hopkins? So without Chubb, 
no top receiver, man, he he that's the the the, the deck is stacked against him. But um, so, can I ask y'all one quick question before I get off the phone? How about it? Um, before the season stopped, we've been having a lot of um talk about the running back situation with Barkley and all these other running backs and how you know they're not getting paid and how they lose value and all this. I want to see what this talk still go on because that boy Christian McCaffrey, he balling out right now, and he been he the last one that got a big contract as a running back. Is this same type of talk would be put on him when it's time for him to come back up for um, his contract? Well, he's not getting. Never mind. That's a great question, Dan. He's not getting that big contract. I think even Christian McCaffrey knows yeah, that. Those because days he, are over, yeah, in my opinion. He, he, he for, got for the moment. For the, the moment, right. He got that from the Carolina Panthers, and the 49ers knew that's what they needed when it came to that running back position because of the way that they play. They could definitely protect him a lot better than the Carolina Panthers did. He can still be that Swiss Army knife, and we've seen that for the 49ers because the offensive line is better, the coaching is better, and they can plug and play when it comes to their quarterback. But when it comes to Deshaun Watson, what he had to say about the deck being stacked against him – Nobody wants to hear that, especially you're a Browns fan. Your organization told you, we'd rather have that guy in the bags that he brought to the table than Baker Mayfield. So now more than ever before, people want to really see what kind of referendum this is going to be in the Cleveland Browns when they essentially chose him, Deshaun Watson, over a star-crossed guy in Baker Mayfield, who they took the number one pick in the draft when they drafted him out of, our, out of, and, uh, excuse me, out of our college. And I want to go back to what the, uh, the one caller we just had said. We got to remember, Deshaun Watson didn't have DeAndre Hopkins in that 2020 season. That was Brandon Cooks. That was Will Fuller. Those were the targets that he had. But also, when I'm looking at a guy like Amari Cooper, yes, he does have a number one. I like what I seen from Amari Cooper last night coming into the game with a groin injury but still going out there and putting up the numbers that he put up and showing that he can be that guy that you can go to in special moments. Yeah. Good luck. (laughs) 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 Nothing against Amari Cooper. You're right. But DeAndre Hopkins, he could tilt the field against defenses. He was a guy that you needed two, three guys on at times. I mean, but he's – Deshaun still has a number one right now, though. He and Amari like, Cooper, know, it, it's a different level. I hear you. Love to have a Amari Cooper right now. Well, there's no doubt about that. A guy that may be the best route runner in the National Football League when it comes to that. Eric in West Virginia, thanks for hitting us up on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio at eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Eric, no Nick Chubb. How likely is it, in your opinion, if Deshaun Watson can be that guy again and carry this team without Nick Chubb at running back? Well, here's the problem with that, guys. I'm a lifelong Browns fan. I'm 46 years old. I started rooting for the Browns when I was six. So God has taught me a lot of patience and long-suffering in these last 40 years. Uh, Here's the issue that I see last night. The offensive line didn't do Deshaun Watson any favors last night. Jedrick Wills is a huge liability at tackle. And when J.J. Watt is allowed to, to rush your quarterback totally unabated and Wills doesn't even touch the man, something is wrong. And keep, on the, uh, keep in mind, on the other side, you're starting a rookie. Now, granted, Daywan Jones is not your average rookie. That man is a, he's a giant, and he played at Ohio State. But still, he's a rookie. He's learning the game at the NFL level. So if the Browns don't figure out the offensive line soon, particularly at those tackle spots, it's going to be a long year for Deshaun Watson. He was running for his life at times last night. But, but here's what I would say. Number one, Eric, great breakdown. <laughs> but but, but <laughs> great he, breakdown here's what I would Eric. say to Eric, though. It's T.J. Damn Watt. He just had three sacks in the first game versus the San Francisco 49ers. Last night, he became the all-time sack leader in Pittsburgh Stiller history. Not only that, this is the same guy that tied the Mm -hmm. NFL sack record 
with Michael Strahan with 22 and a half sacks. So let's not act like we're talking about just some normal human being when it comes to T.J. Watt. <laughs> we're talking about T.J. Watt, and which has been in the conversation as the best defensive player in the National Football League for years. Well, to combat, to combat that what you just said, Eric in West Virginia is right. When you're playing against a guy like that, you really got, on your P, got to be on your P's and Q's because you know who you're going against when it comes to T.J. Watt. You can allow anybody to run free, and you don't want that to happen, but that's the last guy you need running free when it comes to T.J. Watt. So I hear what Eric is saying in terms of Deshaun Watson running for his life. Offensive line didn't help him, but also to kind of back you up a little bit. That's a, the, Guys the, the like Fansky that make thing. plays. Yeah, well, well, so like so when, did, now you got to yeah. chip, yep. chip with the running backs, mm-hmm. bang with the tight ends. That's some of the things that I used to have to do, and damn it, I hated it. <laughs> now I got I to gotta chip and bang these big-ass defensive ends, outside linebackers standing pause. up. And, and I wear <laughs> definitely a pause. Not even 20, 20 minutes in our first pause. But, but can I tell you, I injured myself doing it. I tore yeah. my VMO muscle in my knee. What's a VMO? Trying, it's like right at the top of your knee is these muscles that go up to your quad and stuff, okay. right? So I tore my muscles in my knee trying to chip and bang a DN for the Oakland Raiders at the time. Uh-huh. And he kneed me in my knee. Ouch. And I was out. I think, a, I think I missed a game or two Okay. because of I had to get a little steroid shot mm. in my muscles to try to get it to heal quicker. Whew, I don't miss them days. I don't blame you. Johnny in Texas, what do, you got, what do you have to say about Deshaun Watson? No Nick Chubb. Is it possible he can carry this team in his absence, especially getting paid all that money from the Cleveland Browns? Johnny in Texas, what do you have? Man, I got this here to say. Everybody talking about how you've been away from the game for two years. But let's remember, go back in history. Michael Vick, when uh, he had to go away for a little while. When he got back, he could, went to the Eagles. And that year, I want to say he took the starting position from a car. And them boys shined that year. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, with Watson, when he was with uh, the Texans, you got to forget, you, you got to remember, he had two top-notch, well, I ain't going to say top-notch, but they were two fast receivers, as in Cook, Cooks and Fuller. He don't have nobody but Cooper that he's throwing to. Ain't nobody on that team can take off the roof. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody on that team the defense is scared of. I mean, they just paid David and Joku how much money last year? But he doesn't scare anybody. Uh, As a tight end, he doesn't scare anybody. Does he? But but here's my thing. Like, how many teams in the National Football League, you can just say, I agree, has multiple guys like that? I, I'm not disagreeing with you as far as that goes. And I know they pay David Njoku a lot of money, but we're not talking about Travis Kelsey here. We're not, talking about, uh, we're not talking about George Kittle here. He's a nice tight end. But more than ever before, the dude that has to be the dude the Cleveland Browns has to be Deshaun Watson. And you can put on Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, calling the plays, Thanks. whatever he has to do. But more than ever before, you believe you have a dude right now if you're Cleveland. And that dude is your quarterback. He got to so, go be that dude. Right. So now it's on Deshaun Watson sooner than later, starting this Sunday for the Cleveland Browns, to raise everybody else's level like we saw the Houston Texans. Because I know from a Cleveland Browns fan, that's why you paid that guy all that money for $230 million. You basically said, we're moving, we're moving on what we thought was a locker room problem with Baker Mayfield to have a guy because of his ability. And they overlooked all the baggage that he brought in the offseason to that football team. And people don't want to, oh, Freddie, stop talking about that. That has to be talked about because the Browns made that decision and said his talent is too good for us to ignore 
that we rather have him and that talent and whatever blowback is going to happen because people feel a certain way about him, we can deal with it. Well, now it's time to have the price be paid up if you're the Cleveland Browns. He has to be that dude, money notwithstanding, when it comes to Deshaun Watson. And here's the funny thing, Freddie, because me and you both feel the same way about Deshaun Watson. We don't think he has to be 100% the quarterback that he was in 2020. If he's 75% or 80% of that, mm-hmm. I'm st- I still feel this way. Okay. They win the game last night. He needed sixty percent. You're right, and they're two and zero. Oh. You're right. So that's that's honestly how I feel, yeah. and, and and I'm I'm going down that hill. <laughs> you know what? The Browns are hoping they don't die on that hill again. I think Browns fans are tired of dying on that hill. <laughs> they get a quarterback <laughs> they believe in. Something happens. Somebody gets injured. Somebody talks so bad about somebody's mama, and everything goes sideways for the Cleveland Browns. Keep weighing in at eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six, and on Twitter at Coleman ESPN at H Douglas eighty three. Is Deshaun Watson enough in 2023 to be that dude that we saw in 2020 without Nick Chubb in the line? We'll take a look at your tweets all night, all day long, excuse me, right here on Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. And speaking of quarterbacks, how did Jets head coach Rob Asala answer this question? Do you, um, do you guys have any plans to add anyone to the quarterback room this week? Find out next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So the Jets going to ante up and get a quarterback to replace Zach Wilson? Well, Robert Salah was asked that question as Jets head coach. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio because people do not want another instance of the Zach Wilson experiment. Therefore, you know a reporter had to ask a question to Robert Salah, a Jets head coach like this. Do you, um, do you guys have any plans to add anyone to the quarterback room this week? Um, that's probably more of a question for Joe, but uh, um, not not – I don't think so. That's what he said. Here's what I heard. Hell yeah, I want another quarterback in this room. <laughs> but I can't make that decision because Joe Douglas may be working on that. And I don't want to dime out the plan for the New York Jets because they cannot go through this much longer with a guy who has shown in two-plus years, Harry, that he can't play at an NFL level. Maybe in the XFL. Maybe the USFL. Maybe the Empire Football League, the Marlboro Shamrocks in Massachusetts but not for the New York Jets. The Jets, I've gotten the sense. Based on that response, they about had enough of this experiment when it comes to Zach Wilson. Well, I'll be honest with you. The situation that the Jets are in right now is the same that they were in last year. Absolutely. Right? So 
moving forward, and I said yesterday, Freddie, I, I do want to see Zach Wilson for one more week because it's going to be hard to just bring somebody in right now and him be able be ready to play versus the New England Patriots, right? I right. believe that's who they play next. Don't they play yep. the Patriots? Patriots on Sunday. Yeah, yes. so now, now that's going to be back-to-back defenses that I feel like are top-notch in the National Football League that Zach Wilson is going to be able to go, go against. The Cowboys last week, that didn't fare up in the, in, in the correct manner and the way that a lot of people thought it uh, could go and probably shouldn't, but they, the, the direction they wanted it to go as a Jets fan. Absolutely. Right, for Zach Wilson just showing some promise. Now you get to go, go up against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots in which you haven't beaten this football team in a very, very long time. And it, 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 in some of the moments that you know the Jets had to go through last year and losing the football game not once but twice versus the Patriots, uh, it's, it's, it's alarming. Very, very alarming when you have a – all you got to do is tackle a guy on a punt return, but instead he runs it in for a touchdown and, <sighs> and, and you lose the game. So I'm, I'm looking at this as, okay, here's another chance for Zach Wilson versus a defense that we've seen was phenomenal versus the Philadelphia Eagles, a defense that was decent against the Miami Dolphins and, and, and forced them to methodically work the ball down the field and utilize the run game. So now – let me see how Zach Wilson is going to be versus the New England Patriots. Now, do I think Zach Wilson moving forward is the guy to try to get them to the playoffs? No, I don't. Right. But I at least have to look at him against another top-notch defense to see yeah. what he's going to be able to do. The one thing, and to be fair, the one thing that you're right, more than likely Zach Wilson is not going to play a defense like he saw on, on Sunday. Nope. Those dudes are hunting down in Dallas, led by Micah Parsons and Dorrance Armstrong and Demarcus Lawrence, and even in a secondary when you got Stephon Gilmore next to Travion Diggs, well, good luck to you. Any, a lot of quarterbacks going to struggle against that defense, so I will be fair. But I go by previous events before last Sunday. Zach Wilson has not shown anything to say, yeah, we can believe in him. We give him more time to play defenses, not name the Dallas Cowboys, not name the San Francisco 49ers. And you guys, meaning you and Wayshea Cornette, was in for Freddie Coleman yesterday and Freddie Harry. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, Minnesota Vikings quarterback. Ooh. Many people look at the Jets and say, why not Kirk? Go get Captain Kirk. Get rid of Private Zach Wilson. Send him to the infantry. Get him out of New York Jets green. <laughs> and Kirk Cousins was asked that question, and this is how he responded. I'm pretty much just focused on life here in Minnesota. I got enough to worry about with uh, the Chargers coming this week, and uh, I understand people have to sell radio shows and, and talk sports and all that. And that's, that's all well and good, but that's not really my job or my focus. So, um, you know, I'm focused on being with the Vikings, hopefully for as long as I can, and then my career here. Yeah, he wants to end his career there, but he also understands the business of the NFL, that anything is possible, that any trade and any price can be met. But if you're the Jets, if you're exploring any kind of quarterback option, not saying you can't explore that, to me, Harry, it does not seem to be a realistic option because you have a guy that does not want to go anywhere and then have to start over again with Aaron Rodgers look like he's coming back in 2024 and not at the end of 2023, despite what he said on the Pat McAfee show last week. And I would say this, too, when you look at Kirk Cousins, he does have that no-trade clause in his contract. So the Minnesota Vikings and their organization, they just can't you know, sit up there and say, you know what, we're going to trade Kirk Cousins to the New York Jets. No, he would have to okay that and give them the authority to be able to do that and waive the no-trade clause for that to be able to happen. And when he was on the show yesterday, Freddie, he talked about, you know, his kids and mm-hmm. his family or whatnot. So that's another part that that plays uh, a major factor in this. Does he want to get up and move everyone that he loves so dearly? And we know how close he is with, from, uh, with his wife, and we've seen how she picks out his stuff for him and right. has, has 
has everything in stone form in, in, in that manner. It's like so, the Brady Bunch is a quarterback when yeah, it comes to Kirk Cousins. It is. It is. But I just feel like, you know, for that to happen, he would have to sign off on it. And I don't see that happening. Although I think it would be – if it's one quarterback out there to go get, if yeah. you're the Jets, I think he fits the bill um, for that team with that strong running game and that strong defense mm-hmm. to be able to make some noise. Yeah, and Kirk Cousins, how do you tune out that outside noise? He said this on Freddie and Harry yesterday. We actually, you know, the TVs in the building at the practice facility, we always say, hey, put it on the hunting channel, the tennis channel, the golf channel, like – the last thing we wanted on is people making hot takes. So uh, we kind of insulate ourselves, you know, on my car rides to and from work. I'm calling family members, listening to music at home. I'm, you know, just kind of doing my own thing. So we kind of just live life, ignoring the noise. It's just kind of a way of life in pro football because there will always be noise. And that's part of what makes the league fun. But it's not necessarily for us as players to engage with. It's more for the fans and for the community. And our job is to go in and prepare for our opponent and do the best we can executing on Sundays. Why are you waving your finger? I want to know his teammates and their demeanor because I'd be damned if in the locker room that I'm in, you're going to put it on the hunting channel, the card channel, <laughs> and not on ESPN <laughs> and sports. That's not happening. Well, didn't, Mitchell, didn't Mitch Trubisky do that too? Yeah, and how See, did I, that I, end? No, 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 no. That nah. date did not end well for Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, as soon as I exactly. walk into the facility. Hey, yeah. man, what, what, yeah. who put this on this? Yeah. The, the most important let's question get, is, Let's change these channels, please. Yeah, the most important question I have is, what kind of music is going on in the Cousins' household? Because that has Taylor Swift written all over it. Gospel? Nah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe, you don't think it's gospel? N- not during the week talking to his kids. Nah, maybe on, on definitely on Sundays when the... Yeah, that's going on. <laughs> but during the week, there's no gospel Della going on there in the Cousins' household. You think he's a Metallica guy? Hell no. <laughs> Can you imagine Kirk Cousins and now quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings? Nah, that doesn't match up with Kirk Cousins. Not saying he doesn't listen to Metallica. I can't picture him and Mariano Rivera. The Harry Styles? Goes, Harry Styles is more Kirk Cousins like. Okay, okay, okay. Dustin Lynch is more Kirk Cousins now liking. We're yeah, now we're getting yeah, somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. Lady A is more Kirk Cousins <laughs> liking. The most hip-hop he might may be LL Cool J from back in the past. Man, that you see Kirkio on that airplane with them chains moving around. Yeah. Kirkio. Hey, you can't. <laughs> You have to listen to some kind of hip-hop yes. if you're in that locker room. Whether it's one or two songs, <laughs> you have to have at least one or two songs to go to. What's the hip-hop song you put next to Kirk Cousins then? Uh, I don't know. We some head bustles. We some head no bustles. No way. Hey, Harry, I do have a question. No way. Inside the locker room, like, who, who decides the music? Like, who gets to pick the songs? Oh. Is it the captains? How does, how does that go? Shannon Penn, that's a good question. The, vet, the veterans. So yeah. normally the veterans control the music in the locker room, also the weight room. Okay. So we used to have uh, White Boy Wednesdays, like every team I played on. No, I'm just keeping it real. Like the people like real stuff. Our listeners like things to be kept real, so I'm keeping it real. We had White Boy Wednesdays. So on Wednesdays, it was the rock, the no, 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 no. So you're in there lifting weights and you're saying to yourself, how in the hell am I going to get on this squat rack today? So you'll save your squat day for another day. Oh, right? God. I got tears in my eyes right now, man. Just think can, about can I tell you all a quick story about that? Please do. I want to hear this. So one of our backup quarterbacks when I was in Tennessee, I'm not going to mention his name. Come on, name him. He came, he came in one day and vetoed because he was the – Elder statesman uh-huh. and put put his music on in the weight room and was it say, wasn't White Boy Wednesday either. Now, okay, so he went into the game and couldn't complete a six yard out. Damn man, threw it in the stands. Oh lord, boy, I went to him that next day. Boy, don't you ever touch the radio in this weight room again. <laughs> I don't care how many years you got. 
Don't you ever touch the radio again. You know I'm going to find out now. You know people right now looking at the Tennessee Titans roster when you were there the last three years of your NFL career. Oh, we're going to figure out who was this I guy. I don't that's my boy. That's my boy. That's my boy. Uh, he's your boy now. He ain't going to be your boy in the next five minutes. He's Harry Douglas. You ever touch that radio again, throwing a six-yard out damn near in the stands. I can you telling him, White Boy Wednesdays is over thanks to you. <laughs> And, and, one, and one of the defensive players came to the sideline. Yeah. How the hell are we going to win the game? He can't complete a six-yard out. They like, were so mad. He was like Alvin Mack in the program. He got to be pitching shutouts. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us. I'm Freddie and Harry. Keep those calls coming in. What can Deshaun Watson do when it comes to the Cleveland Browns not having Nick Chubb? Is he enough of a guy to be that dude to keep them afloat and maybe compete in the AFC? Let us know at 888-729-3776. Plus, it is now Daniel Jones' team with the New York Giants, period, end of story. It's Harry and Freddie at ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. I'm Freddie Coleman. He's Harry Douglas together on Freddie and Harry. Appreciate you joining us on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 8, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. And from the they-can't-be-serious-but-they-are-serious department, Brian Dable, Giants head coach, after Saquon Barkley suffered an ordinary ankle sprain in the final possession, offensive possession with the Giants in the comeback win versus the Cardinals on Sunday, they're about to play those bloodthirsty parts from San Francisco called the 49ers. Brian Dable is saying, hey, Saquon might be there. Okay, I mean, safe to save you out on Thursday night. Uh, I'm not saying that he's out yet. He's he's a quick healer. Um, I'm not saying he's in, he's out. We're going to take it all the way up with him uh, to, to Thursday. But he feels a lot better today. Um, I just I just talked to him. So we'll see. We'll see where we're at. Harry, why would he say that? I don't know. Because you're going against a team in which you would probably want Saquon Barkley to be healthy because of the style of football that they play. We talk about physicality, getting downhill. You look at their defensive line, the San Francisco 49ers. You look at Dre Greenlaw and also Fred Warner and how he comes downhill to attack the running back. And I understand Saquon Barkley is a phenomenal back, but this is a game I would probably rest Saquon and have him for the the next game Mm -hmm. because you are on that short week. Now, if this was a Sunday game, that's a different story because you have a few more extra days to try to heal up a little bit more. But the fact that you play on a Thursday night, today's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So basically after tomorrow, Thursday's here and it's game time. I think everybody knows he's likely not playing, but it it does nothing to hurt Dable to saying, oh, you, you never know. Like the 49ers aren't worried about the Giants most likely if Saquon's in there or if he's not, but it doesn't hurt anything by saying, oh, there's a chance. You know, it's not unfair for you to say that, Devin Kane, but here's why. I just think – Certain things should not be said when everybody knows what the truth is going to be. Even We know if he's healthy, he's going to play. But the fact that he's of a high ankle sprain, an ordinary ankle sprain, whatever they want to call it, there's no way you're going to compromise Saquon Barkley unless Brian Dable has a holy water that we don't know about that can just put all Saquon's Barkley and then he's going to be Superman once again. I hear what you're saying, but they even put it out there, everybody knows the truth. That's why it didn't make any sense to me. Would you say Brian, Coach, Coach Brian Dable, he's not turning water into wine? No, he ain't doing that. He don't have 12 disciples or anything along those lines and saying manna from heaven and rubbing it all over Saquon Barkley's body to get ready for San Francisco on Thursday. I, and, I, yeah. and I get it, though. I, I mean, I kind of get it a little bit because, you know, Saquon Barkley is – it's the guy that put this team on his back a year ago, right? Fourth in rushing. The team also was fourth in rushing yeah. um, overall as well. 
but you're going against a team that I think right now currently is the best football team in the National Football League in the okay. San Francisco 49ers. So, could definitely be made. And, and those guys are going to be headhunting. Now, I think moving forward, one of the things they can do is now – I think Daniel Jones has to be that that more that that much better mm-hmm. that you know a little bit better in those regards of throwing the football down the field, but utilizing the quick screen game and the quick passing game uh, as an extension of the run game. And also, if you're able to go no huddle and don't give San Francisco a time to get off the field and substitute, try to wear those guys out in that manner. One thing you just said that made a lot of sense to me when it comes to Daniel Jones and the kind of games they need to run with him being an effective quarterback. It seemed to me they were scared to death when they played Sunday night versus Dallas Cowboys in week one. The minute that they couldn't protect him, it was as if they went into a shell to say, you know, we can't win this game. Well, because we- they, because they got the visual. The, look at the Philadelphia Eagles, like in the playoffs last year and also mm-hmm. that regular season game that they played at uh, MetLife Stadium. Right. So they have the visual, Freddie, of what it right. looks like mm-hmm. when you can't protect Daniel Jones. Yeah, but, but the minute that they decided, you know, damn the torpedoes, that's why we're, that guy's getting $82 million in guaranteed money when it comes to Daniel Jones. We told everybody who's somebody who we value more when it comes to Saquon Barkley, who this offense ran around, ran from, and really was able to be successful with last year. They told everybody, look, that's the guy that we believe in. That's why he's getting $82 million in guaranteed money, and that's why Saquon Barkley felt like he had to go get government cheese because he had to beg Barkley just to get the money that could get incentives enough to make the money he made last year. The fact that they let him loose – why would they not do that opening night against the Dallas Cowboys? Because the minute that they made him a stationary quarterback and then try to get him outside and use his legs in the RPO game, which means the run-pass option of faking inside and then get outside, the minute that they dialed that back, they weren't doing him any favors. The minute they were getting the behinds kick 21 nothing, then they said, well, I think we need to have faith in Daniel Jones. Well, why would you wait until a game and a half for a guy like that? You told everybody, this is the dude we're going to build around and not Saquon Barkley. Well, I, I will tell you this. I, I think also offensive line does play a part in it. And I'm also looking at this game coming up against the San Francisco 49ers because I'm concerned about right tackle Evan Neal. Mm-hmm. And I do understand the side that Nick Bosa loves to rush from, which is if you're looking at the offense, it's the left side of the defensive end position. And we all know that's the side that Evan Neal is on. Oof. So I'm hoping that the New York Giants are, are planning to get that football out of Daniel Jones's hand as quickly as possible, yeah. but also I'm hoping that they, you know, double team Nick Bosa. But then you got Javon Hargrave you got to deal with. Then you also got Drake Jackson on the other side who had, I believe, two or three sacks in the first game of the year. So yeah. they're going to have their hands full, Freddie. Put so you're going to have to incorporate Daniel Jones in the run game. Exactly. And not for nothing, if I'm facing Nick Bosa and I got offensive line issues, there's no way I'm blocking that dude one-on-one. That would be asinine to do something like that, especially the kind of offensive line issues that the New York Giants have had so far in the first couple of games. If you're going to save your quarterback, the best way to save your quarterback is to make sure he's not a statue. Make sure that guy can use whatever (laughs) he has to get outside that pocket. I'd rather have Bosa chasing my quarterback than knowing where he is. And to Brian Dable and the offensive staff led by Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, if they don't do that in back-to-back games, like it worked against Arizona but not against the Dallas Cowboys, then what are they doing for their quarterback? Nothing. No, I, I agree with you. He can't be stationary. He can't be sitting back there being a target because we know how the San Francisco defensive line, not just the defensive line, but also their linebackers yep. and their safety who fungal, who's instinctive, how those guys play. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting because they let it be known, okay, if this is the way we're going to go, whether Saquon Barkley is here or not, 
It is clearly the New York Giants team in the form and in the hands of Daniel Jones going forward even long before they gave him that contract, and now it's really their case right now. Deshaun Watson knows the Cleveland Browns will miss running back Nick Chubb, but how much of that could be beyond a money issue if he's going to make the Browns still matter in the AFC? That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.